0: This is part two of Football CFB with Gary Caldwell, where we talk about his managerial career, first of all starting at Wigan, where he won League One. We talk about how he left Wigan and why he decided to join Chesterfield so soon after leaving the club. And he also honestly reflects on his time at Partick Thistle and addresses Envelope Gate, something that really, really hit the headlines here in Scotland. Without further ado, this is Football CFB with Gary Caldwell, part two. The season after Owen Coyle and, and Uwe Rosler, um, obviously eventually Uwe leaves and, and Malky Mackay comes in. The club obviously goes through a really tough spell. Malky's dismissed and and you're given a chance to, to take over. Wigan, was that something that you were absolutely buzzing to, 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 uh, to do as soon as it was offered to you, even though you were inexperienced as a manager, obviously, at that time?
1: You know, that that summer I was out of contract and Uwe wanted me to be a a player but also coaching the academy. So that was something that didn't really get announced. we just kind of done that. I was helping on match days with the first team being in the crowd, uh, in the stands, sorry, and coming down at half time and reporting to Uwe. Uh, So Uwe was a a brilliant influence on me in my early coaching career. Working with the academy was great. I got to coach from the under 23s right down the under 8s so I got a real kind of varied learning experience in terms of who I was coaching and the different uh, ways to coach and then when Malky left the the club asked me to take over and uh, although I didn't think I was ready I felt like I understood what was happening within the club because I'd been there so long I knew everyone in terms of behind-the-scenes, the backroom uh, team. Uh, and and I felt like it was a challenge that that I could be successful with. And, and we went on to, to win League One the following season and, and have take the club back to the Championship at a time when it was probably at its lowest point for a number of years.
0: You mentioned that. The club, obviously, you took over for the last few games of the, the season the club were relegated in. But let's be honest, Gary, the damage was done before you came in for those last few games. The club goes down, going down to League One just a few seasons after being in the Premier League. Must be hard for any club, Um, never mind Wigan at that time. And and you take the job on. It's your first full season as a manager. You lead the club to the League One title. Just how proud were you with that achievement? And does that top the achievements you had as a player?
1: Yeah, it does. I think it's, you know... All my achievements as a, as a manager, you're responsible for for the whole club. Uh, you work with the the owners, the director. You know, like you you have a a responsibility to, to deliver what they're asking you. You know, and you're telling them you can. So that for me was the the highlight of my career, winning the, the league with, with Wigan. It was difficult. In a sense, that we had to build an entirely new squad, and it took time, and it was a, a tough season. Uh, but to, to get the promotion and take the club back, and and do it with people that I'd known for for so long, uh, and seen you know the the kind of the joy in the, the the people's faces in terms of the the fans at Wigan and, and the staff uh, was brilliant. And the, the club was really back on the, on the right path at that point.
0: In your first full season as a manager, obviously a very successful one at that, what was the biggest challenges for yourself going from being a a senior pro to then being the number one guy in charge?
1: Uh, I I think the first few games were more difficult because I'd went from the changing room with my teammates to, to the manager and they were then the players and I was the gaffer and that was... They almost tried too hard. I felt like the players they were excellent and they, they gave me everything. But I think because they knew me as a teammate, they, it was a different uh, relationship to a normal manager-player relationship. That summer I was fortunate I could get rid of most of them because they, they wanted to go in terms of they wanted to play at a higher level or the club needed them to go financially. So. Most of them were very easy to deal with in terms of leaving the club, which allowed me to bring in players, new players, and build a new team that, that only seen me as the manager and didn't kind of know me as a player. I think that first season we were only left with about four players, four or five players that had been a player with with myself. So the, the whole squad changed very quickly. And that was the biggest challenge for, for the, the team to be successful was to, integrate those players and get them playing a style of football that we wanted and that we believed would would bring success and that took time. It took us till about Christmas before we really hit top form. But from Christmas onwards we were we were fantastic and and deserved uh, league winners.
0: You win the league, an incredible achievement. You go back up to the championship. The championship obviously a tougher a tougher time for you than, than than League One was and you're ultimately Ultimately sorry Dismissed after 18 months in charge Just how Frustrated were you That Wigan didn't let you see out the season
1: I was Bitterly disappointed As The whole club was It was really difficult Again because It wasn't just I'd been there for 18 months I'd been there for 7 years Yeah sure. uh, So the relationships Had built up for, for everyone within the club It was hard Hard to leave Uh as always with this, in terms of football management, there's, there's politics behind the scenes, and I think I spoke to, I still speak to the chairman, the chief exec, and I think they look back now and think it was it was probably the wrong decision because we were very close to, to kind of building something again. So
0: obviously we were talking there about your time at Wigan. You mentioned the fact that seven years at the club. Obviously five as a player, almost two as a manager you, you spoke about how hard it was to leave the club You Obviously your next job is Chesterfield Do you feel that you maybe took that job too soon Because it was only a few months after leaving Wigan? Yeah,
1: without a doubt I, Again, hindsight's a, a wonderful thing uh, I was just really kind of hurt and, and eager to, to get back in I missed uh, coaching, I missed managing uh, and when Chesterfield came up I felt like it was a good opportunity. They had been in the, the playoffs a couple of seasons before. They had a director of the football, Chris Turner, who I got on really well with and I felt like it was a good thing, you know, a good club to get to get back into. But uh, after probably about two weeks Chris Turner had left and I very quickly realised it was, you know, a, a bad decision and it was going to be a really difficult job and uh, where Chesterfield are now
0: Shows how difficult a job it was I think Having obviously experienced the, the success Of winning League One Obviously with Wigan Having, albeit you were dismissed But you were still, as you say Within distance in the Championship It's not as if you were cut adrift And you were miles off it When you get into Chesterfield, Gary and you, Things change very quickly into your reign That you don't foresee coming How tough is it to manage in that situation Where you know You've maybe not got the tools that you know you need But obviously you've got to go on with the job in hand
1: It's very difficult because you also have to You've got a, a kind of fan base that You work for the football club So you have to say certain things that sometimes might You know, you might not na- naturally want to say uh, and, and you've got fans who are kind of Laying all the blame at the team or the manager And, and it can be very difficult because Quite often there's there's other parts uh, Within football clubs That have to function uh, For the team to do well uh, And as I've found That when everything's in sync And the, the board and the manager And the fans and the team Are all together And everyone's on the same page, then that's when success comes When you've not got that It's very difficult for the manager Or, or anyone to, to change uh, the, the path that the club's going
0: The club gets down And after uh, a, an indifferent start in League 2 Obviously you end up leaving the club I know this is a daft question I suppose But see having went through The struggles at Chesterfield Obviously nobody wants to lose their job But in a way are you kind of Relieved in the sense that it's over And you can think about a new opportunity In the future
1: Yeah yeah. no you, n- you never want to lose your job But that, that one Like I said I felt like you know, it was a, I was was fighting a losing battle. Uh, I actually, they actually sacked me the week before, after a crew game where we played terribly. And they came after the game at the side of the pitch and, and said, uh, the owners had enough. And, and at that point, I said, I've had enough. <laughs> and the, the analyst came out and uh, said to the chief exec and one of the directors, the players want to speak to you. And they were like, well, why do they want to speak to us? And he said, I don't know. And they they said, well, we'd better go in. And they said, are you coming in? I said, I'm not coming in. And they were like, why not? I said, because they're going to say it's not my fault. And he went in and spent 10 minutes with the players. He came back out, got me through the manager's office and and said I was still the manager. (laughs) And then at that point, I knew we had two games, one on the Tuesday, one on the Saturday, that we had to get, you know, at least four points, probably six. We ended up, we drew on the Tuesday away at Colchester. We were winning 1-0 with 10 minutes to go and drew one each. And then on the Saturday, we went down to 10 men at 0-0. Went 1-0 down and then put subs on to try and win the game and go back to one each and ended up losing 2-1. And then the inevitable came after the game on the Saturday night. But it just shows you the, the madness of of football management and and what goes through, you know, the, the club's minds and how they, how they kind of approach, you know, the, the manager and, and, and what their kind of plans are for, for the future. To me, that was, you know, crazy in terms of their, their forward planning and what, what they were looking for from the manager.
0: You mentioned that there and the fact that that situation happened and where Chesterfield are now, it, as you say, it, I suppose, it shouldn't really come as any surprise where they are now when you consider the sort of knee-jerk reactions that they were making, especially at that time.
1: No, it doesn't doesn't surprise me at all. I feel feel sorry for the fans because they have a really fantastic group of fans who have been treated like this for for a number of years now and they don't deserve that because they've got a great stadium, a newly built stadium and uh, they have a good core of, kind of 5,000 fans that, that go and watch them And uh, it's sad to see
0: where they are right now After your spell at Chesterfield You take some time out of the game Before you take on your next managerial role back in Scotland but, And before we come to that When you had that spell out of the game after Chesterfield Did you make a conscious effort To to maybe speak to Roberto Martinez and other coaches you'd worked under And, and maybe go in and watch a few training sessions And just have some time out of the game?
1: Yeah, I did. I did loads of things that were, you know, really beneficial and, and helped me improve and, and get better. I went to an academy out in Ghana for five days called Right to Dream uh, through a, a contact I have at Man City, and uh, that was incredible. Just seeing the the poverty out there, but the the, the academy that they've built and the facilities that they've uh, created and the school that the kids go to and. The, the quality of players that they had out there was was brilliant. I went to see Brendan Rodgers for three days at Snowtech. I had an afternoon with Sir Alex Ferguson. I went in and seen Sean Dyche. So I really kind of used my time to to learn for, for the best and, and, and try and improve so that my next opportunity, I was um, more capable and, and ready
0: for it. After the spell at Chesterfield and having time out of the game, was Scottish football a target for you in terms of management, because obviously you'd played up here for so long.
1: Yeah, I always thought it, it, it could be an option, and and if the right club came up, then you know I'd be I'd be willing to to speak to them. Uh, I had a number of different interviews down here at different clubs, and uh, somewhere not right. Some I didn't get the the job, but when Perfect Thistle came up and I met uh, with Jackie and the board and Jerry. I was really excited and and really hoping that, that I get the opportunity to to work with
0: them and and try and take the club forward again. You take the part Thistle job as you mentioned, and you go into a situation that's that's quite tough. And one of the first in the first few months of your time, one of the games that sticks out from my memory is a defeat to Greenock Morton that was quite heavy. Was that really a massive eye opener for yourself in terms of what you'd walked into?
1: yeah it was it was a a very uncomfortable afternoon uh, it, it showed the the kind of size of the, the task and the job that we had ahead of us but it was almost a blessing because it all, allowed me to kind of be clear in January and what we needed and what we needed to do as a club to to ultimately stay in the league and looking back now staying in the league was was a big achievement from the position we were in because at that point. We were in big trouble And uh, we had good recruitment In January we managed to turn it around And finish relatively comfortable To the the position we were in And give us the opportunity To to build again in the summer and, And go for promotion
0: In the last six months of that season You had Scott McDonald to your ranks A former teammate who we talked about in depth earlier How key was Scott in terms of Keeping the club up that season And obviously helping you Alongside the players in the dressing room
1: massive actually I had lunch with him the, the first week I was in the job uh, trying, trying to get him to sign at that point point, he then he came in and trained with us for a week uh, just before Christmas and we tried to sign him at that point and he was a bit reluctant and then he had the opportunity to go to Australia but he needed to be playing just after January he called me up and said you know do you mind if I come back in again I said no I'd love you to and he was absolutely brilliant in terms of what he did on the pitch, but what he brought off the pitch in terms of his professionalism and trying to kind of what I was trying to get over to the players, he was an extra voice and trying to put that over. And uh, he was he was superb to, to work with and uh, a great help in, in keeping us up.
0: A question I have to ask you, Gary, and it's something that I'm interested to get your perspective on. You received a lot of criticism at the time for the. The envelope situation where you asked players to bring an envelope to training, obviously where an 11 they would they would maybe like another 10 players they'd like to play alongside that Saturday for one of the biggest games for the club that season. What annoys you more, the fact that that was the approach you took or was it the leak in the dressing room that ultimately annoyed you more because it's an idea that many managers have used before including Brendan Rodgers?
1: Nothing really annoys me about it, to be honest, because it, it worked, ultimately. The, the aim at the start of the week was to win the game. We won the game very comfortably, uh, so I was very happy with how the week went in terms of doing that. We felt it would have a big impact on the players that did. Uh, the leak wasn't at the club for any part of the week, so that was dealt with very quickly and, and easily. I think what we probably learned, me and Brian, my assistant, was that WhatsApp and social media and the world we live in now is just incredible that, you know, nothing stays in-house anymore. Uh, but in terms of why I did it, what I wanted the outcome to be from it, then, then I was really happy with how that went.
0: In terms of that, Gary, as well, the Scottish media and the UK media, I suppose, in general, whenever someone tries something new, a lot of the time it can just be scoffed at and laughed at is... Is that a part of it that annoyed you
1: or do you just... Is that just noise to yourself? It's just noise. I'm used to noise my, my whole career uh, in football. I, I think what what I've found is if... You know, if Jurgen Klopp did something, now, he could, he could do anything right now and everyone would think it was brilliant. But if you're at Partick Thistle down the bottom of the league and, and do something different then people are going to question it and say, you know, that's not right or or, why are you doing that? Uh, Everything I've ever done as a manager, I I do it with my staff. We we discuss it. There's real thought behind it. uh, And we try and make it of an impact. If that impact works and we go and win the game, great. You know, we'll, we'll think about the... The reasons it worked and, and what implications it had on the team. If it doesn't work then we'll, we'll discuss that as well and, and try and improve. So that was a big thing for me that we, we tried something different. The fact they it got out, you know, it, it happens we deal with that but uh, if anything the fact they' getting out almost calmed the players down because we could have a, a bit of a joke about it during the week and it, and it kept the, the players really calm and, and focused and what we were trying to achieve. So Uh, that was probably a blessing uh, in the end but uh, the fact that it worked and we got the the result we wanted then you know I was I was happy with how
0: it went that you keep the club up obviously that summer you last summer there you go about recruiting obviously players Kenny Miller's one of the players who comes in just how happy were you to get a former teammate of yours Kenny Miller into the club considering the career like Scott McDonald he's had at the elite level of football yeah well he
1: was similar to Got the reasons why we wanted to bring him in He was obviously a bit older He was 39 uh, But I still felt he could contribute and score goals And I I felt he'd be a huge impact uh, On on the team In the dressing room and his professionalism And uh, bringing different things To to the club And uh, he'd done that and more In in the short time I I worked with him at at Partick Thistle
0: In terms of your spell at Partick Thistle Gary, obviously you were you left the club obviously this season when the club was second bottom of the Championship and a lot of fans and a lot of people from the outside gave you a lot of criticism as I'm sure you're aware and in terms of how things went at Partick but looking at them now the fact they're bottom of the table and things haven't improved under Ian McCall someone who let's be honest many of the fans were delighted when he took over. Does that make you I'm not saying make you feel any better Because obviously I'm not saying you want party Thistle to do badly at all That's not what I'm trying to say But does it make you feel better in the sense that You knew it was a tough job You told everyone it was a tough job And that's been shown even with a different manager And more money put into the club It's, it's
1: really difficult when you leave a club Because there's, there's so many people left that you you get on with You, you know you've worked really closely with over a number of months uh, and, and their livelihoods are at stake. Uh, you're obviously hurt when it happens and the board at that time when I did leave was, was different to the board I started with and to the board that's there now. Uh, the board that's there now knows uh, the, the path it wants to go and, and will take the club in, in the right direction again. Uh, but I'm, I'm disappointed. I think it's a great club. I, I really enjoyed my time there. I felt like we were moving in the right direction. From January onwards, our results were, you know, relatively good in terms of our, our uh, overall win percentage. Granted, we lost, you know, the three games we lost at the start of the season were, were all in the league, and put us in a in a false position, in my opinion. But after five games, the league hasn't really taken shape, and I felt like I would have uh, got more time to to keep progressing the way we had from January.
0: In terms of your spell at Partick Thistle, Gary Alves, I imagine you've learned quite a lot from that. And this is a question I'm just really interested to ask yourself, having played at the top level, the Champions League, the English Premier League, one league titles with Celtic. See, when you manage in League Two, League, league Two obviously when you were with Chesterfield and even the Scottish Championship, is it tough as a manager, um, considering you played at the top level, to work with some players who maybe aren't at the level you're used to working with?
1: I've worked with has, has been at a, a level that, that I can I can get something out of. They have technically and tactically have been, you know, capable of doing what I'm asking them to do. The biggest thing I notice as you drop down is mentality of, of players. That the, the top players have a really strong mentality. They are willing to take risks when they make mistakes, they're willing to do the same thing again. And, and that's the difference between players uh, throughout the different levels of football. But in terms of the, the players at, at Partick Visser, at Chesterfield, at Wigan, they were all capable players, good football players, uh, who, you know, when when it became a bit nervous or when things didn't go to plan, they they, they at times didn't show the, the mentality that, that I would have liked them to show uh, to keep doing the right thing and, and try and make it work.
0: You're obviously a manager who likes to play football the right way Having worked with Roberto Martinez, Tony Mowbray, Gordon Strachan over the years Did you find trying to implement a passing style of football Was particularly tough in the Scottish Championship Which can be quite a robust league? No, I think the right way
1: to play football is to win I don't think there's any right way to, to win a game uh, In terms of how you approach it All that matters is you win uh, the way I want to play, I believe it's the best way of of winning and, and the way that you can win consistently. Uh, to try and implement that, I think probably takes a little bit longer than just playing percentage football, uh, but ultimately it's what I believe in and it's what I believe will bring long-term success to, to the Football Club. At Wigan, we achieved 24 games, I think it was, unbeaten. You, you don't do that Playing fifty-fifty football You have to play a certain style of football That gives you the opportunity To, to go and do that and, and that's the way I will always believe football should be played And, and that's the way I will al- always always coach
0: it You're still a very young man In terms of your 37 In terms of coaching You've obviously got experience in England Experience in Scotland You've, you've played at the top level as well You've learned a lot I'm sure from your spells in management so far are you looking to get back into management Again in your own right Or is maybe being an assistant manager Or a first team coach Maybe a higher level More of an interest to you now
1: Yeah I'm open to anything I'm open to, to working with good people Working with people who have a plan And and who know uh, How they want to implement that plan Whether that's as a manager Assistant manager, coach Or whether that's out with football then Then I'm open to to loads of different things But I do enjoy Working in football I miss Having that Game on a Saturday I miss working with players On the training pitch But uh, Like I said I'm open to, to Lots of different things
0: I'd like to finish now With a quick fire questions Firstly Who are the best players You've played with Throughout your career? Uh,
1: the best player i is Sean Maloney uh, Played with um, Scotland 21 Celtic Wigan Scotland uh, A phenomenal talent but more than that, his his work ethic and his professionalism was was second to none. So uh, he would be the best player
0: did we. In terms of Sean Maloney as well, just staying on him, are you were you surprised to see Sean go into coaching or having worked with him, was it always something you could see him doing?
1: No, it's always something like I said, we we used to go in the car together and we would discuss tactics and football and Roberto and he's obviously working with Roberto now and I still speak to him regularly. Uh, Play golf with him and and we go over football uh, constantly So uh, he's very passionate and and a real deep thinker about the game And I'm not surprised at all that he's he's working and, and working at such a high level
0: 55 Scotland caps for yourself Gary, the Hall of Fame Some incredible moments with the national team as well How proud were you to play for Scotland and how do you reflect on your time as a Scotland international?
1: disappointment that I didn't play in the major finals uh, but to, to get one cap was, was a dream uh, and then once you get that the aim was 50 to try and get in the Hall of Fame so, To to manage to do that was was brilliant uh, and and every time you pull on the, the blue jersey it's a, a, a magical experience to play at Hamden in front of all your family uh, so it's definitely the, the, the highlight of my career.
0: How annoyed are you with James McFadden for scoring that wonder goal in France because it's taken the gloss over the fact you scored the winner against France before him? I
1: think my goal was more of a wonder goal than his, no? <laughs> 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 they keep us through his and he should have caught his. Uh, no, I'm delighted, actually. I missed that goal. I was on the bench that night and went into the toilet. Oh, you're uh, about 60 minutes, I think. I thought, uh, you know, we might be needing subs soon so I went into the toilet and as I was coming back out, the security guard was was standing at the door like I uh, heard the noise and was shaking his head and I said, you know, what's the score? And he said 1-0 and I went, oh no nah. and he said, no to Scotland and I said, you're joking and I thought, how, how have we scored? We haven't been out of our own box but and we managed to kick it up the part once and Fadi scored an incredible goal but that was a great team as well and a great uh, campaign that we were so unlucky not to qualify from from such a difficult group
0: I'm interested to ask you the best players you played against, but I want to try and do it in different um, sections just because you played at different levels. Who was the who were the best players you played against domestically in Scotland?
1: Domestically in Scotland, I think Michael Moles. When I was kind of my early part, of Scotland was was really difficult, uh, and Dado Prizor when he was at Rangers was a a real handful, uh, really aggressive. Really physical uh, was, a, was a top player But they would be the two that, that stick out Domestically
0: international level For Scotland Who were the toughest opponents?
1: <sighs> international level uh, I remember playing We played away uh, I can't remember the country now it Was Alexander Kleb, Oh
0: uh, Belarus
1: And uh I was under Walter Smith he, he quite often played me In midfield uh, To to be more defensive and I had to man-mark him that night and he was just incredible low centre of gravity and uh, pulled me all over the pitch but he was he was a top player but most most international games when when you play against you know top teams then then they've always got one or two really really good players that that cause you problems
0: Um, what about in the Premier League and Champions League level who were the best players at those two levels in particular
1: the Champions League two, I'd say Messi has to be uh, the night at Parkhead he's got two goals that where he was just it was like wow you know they've, they've really
0: found a player here so uh, every game was was a test in the Premier League Your best manager in your career and why
1: then? I think Gordon Strachan and, and Roberto for, for different reasons As I said Gordon you know pushed me and, and took my game to a different level and then Roberto when I was older kind of showed me that next stage in my career in terms of coaching and, and how he Set up differently to, to be tactically uh, Better than the opposition uh, and Internationally I think Walter Smith was, was an amazing manager Man manager Second to none uh, But tactically in terms of defensively The, the best I've worked with Always very organised defensively And, and made, made us really really difficult to beat
0: What about the most underrated player you've played with? Uh, Paul Telfer
1: w- Without a doubt at Celtic was brilliant to play with in terms of the way he communicated and helped you through the game. Uh, but a great teammate and a, and a great player to have in your in your squad. And supporters didn't kind of get it why he was playing or didn't see the qualities he brought. But uh, a brilliant player uh, in the dressing room.
0: The last question I've got for you, Gary, is you worked under many great managers in your career you played with many great players, two coaches in particular you worked with who are icons in the Scottish game and also absolute legendary men as well, by all accounts, Ali McCoyst and Tommy Burns. You worked with both of them, you worked with them when they were together as well. Have you got any good stories on both of them? They were were brilliant.
1: They kind of added to Walter in in ways that nobody else could. Walter was obviously the kind of, he's like the godfather of, of Scottish football and they too brought such humour and, and fun uh, to, to the group I remember the trip we had to Japan was was brilliant uh, we won the Kirin Cup and then after it Walter allowed us a couple of drinks and then that led into the airport and then that led into Amsterdam and <laughs> Koysti was in with the boys playing cards and, and Walter <laughs> was having a go at him. But, uh we used to always play cards, me, Kenny koiste and Omar uh, who looked after the, the players? We would play cards till, till late at night uh, every time we were in hotels and brilliant times and, and
0: great memories. Thank you, Gary, for being on the Football CFB podcast. No problem, thank you. So we'll dive down to the ocean and we'll make our home in a deep sea cave, and our shells will all be open. They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song. Dive down to the ocean and make her home in a deep sea cave. And her shells will all be open. They'll be filled with song. I'll be